Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hammer and Umpire Podcast. I know some of you have been a little disappointed I haven't had an episode out in a couple of weeks. It's been a little crazy. Um, Crazy in a good way, I guess. Uh, Been umpiring quite a bit. Got about 25 games or so in at this point. And uh, lots of other things going on that I've had to deal with, Um, you know, with my family and and um, other responsibilities that I have, that it's been a you know a bit of a challenge to get down and, and do a podcast. But I've got a few things here for you. Um, this one's based on what I've been doing lately, as far as umpiring and some experiences I've had with uh, some younger umpires and uh, some things I've noticed in the games that I've worked so far this year that I wanted to share with you. I don't have an umpire spotlight uh, this week. Uh, I'll try to get back to that next episode and um, in some of my other segments that I have. But I, I think that, um, you know, some stuff that I have for the first two weeks that I've been working and some stuff I have for newer umpires or less experienced umpires um, might be good reminders for anybody out, out there. Um, but also things that might be good for veterans to help newer umpires with. So hopefully it's um, useful and entertaining, and um, you guys can sit back and listen to a new episode of The Hammer, an umpire podcast. So after many delays and rescheduling uh, of you know Travel League Baseball that I do and everything else, finally on June 15th, I was able to umpire my first baseball game here. So it's been about two weeks now. I've put in about 25 games, some good games, some not so good games, because, you know, the players have been practicing, but, you know, it's not game speed. But, nonetheless, it was very, very nice to get back on the field. We had all these protocols that we were supposed to, you know, use, um, that the U-Triple-S-A and group that I work for put out. Nobody was supposed to be behind the backstop. Uh, they're supposed to clean and sanitize the dugouts and the playing area, you know, um, before and after the game. 
Um, you know, parents are supposed to sit out like by the outfield area or down the third baselines. No mixing of people, keeping social distancing, all that kind of stuff. I get there for the first game. There's people behind the backstop. You know, they ask me, hey, you know, um, should they be sitting back? I'm like, well, no, that's not the protocol that they have. But, um, you know, I suggest that you don't. At least as far as I'm concerned about it, um, that's not my jurisdiction. That's on the coaches. That's on the league administrators. That's on the site administrators. As an umpire, and the thing I've told the umpires that work for me in this league, um, you have control over what's going on between the fences. You know, obviously if there's some belligerent uh, fan in the stands, you know, yelling racist things or something, you know, very extreme or something, then you could uh, do something about that. Otherwise, I think that, you know, that's not really what we should be doing. So I've seen very little social distancing uh, starting that week. Um, then I did a tournament the following weekend, and I didn't uh, really see any of that. There were a few people here and there that were wearing masks, you know. And like in my league, it was suggested that if you want to wear a mask, you certainly can. Any player, coach, whoever that wants to wear a mask could do that. Uh, I have decided not to wear a mask. Um, not that I don't think that they're effective. I do think that's the case. But I figure if I'm on the baseball field, it's hard enough to umpire uh, especially when you're working the plate uh, without a mask, you know. So I'm not going for that. And um, otherwise, you know, if I'm working the bases, I feel like I've definitely got my social distancing in. I suggested that they even do temperature checks, you know, um, in these battle games that I do, these um, uh, weekly games, but um, they have decided not to do that. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully... Um, you know, nobody gets sick and, and things move along. I know that some states are having some trouble with that. Michigan's been pretty solid overall lately. You know, still they have the coronavirus issues, but uh, hasn't been, you know, something that uh, they've had to start closing things back down again or something like that. This weekend, I also worked a tournament. Like I say, I'm up to about 25 games now. And there was one coach on uh, one of the teams uh, that was wearing a mask the whole game, which is fine. I, I have no problem with that. Um, no players or anything. Nobody else was doing that. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I see that, you know, it, it seems like things are just kind of back to what they were and people are kind of doing their thing. I, I think they do spread out a little bit more. Some of the parents are not jammed around the um, backstop area behind the plate as much you know there's more people that are down the different foul lines but then again there is always people that like to do that anyway and they seem to maybe be separated out a bit more by family um but you know i don't know who's in what family so it seems like it's going okay and um i haven't heard of any outbreaks and tournaments so hopefully that will be the case I did have my first ejection 24 games into the season. Uh, had a coach uh, uh, arguing about a hit by pitch. Um, I was working the bases. I was in C position. And uh, there were some runners on base, but that doesn't really matter so much. Anyway, inside pitch to a right-handed hitter. Um, made kind of a strange sound that could have been a bat. 
it could have been you know his elbow protector thing it could have been that it hit the bat and um his hand or you know whatever i didn't see where it hit him because it was kind of on an inside uh pitch and he kind of turned away from it my partner who's um a good younger umpire, but, you know, um, has some things he's got to work on. Um, one of them being, you know, decisiveness, um, you know, called the hit by pitch and pointed him down to first. And then there was a coach in the dugout that was, you know, yelling that it's a foul ball. So he comes out, um, yelling, he's about halfway out and, and he, you know, he's like, well, you got to get help on that and get the help on that. So my partner decides that he wants to get help from me so he comes you know I, I meet him up by the mound there and I'm like I heard a sound but did you have it hitting him he's like yep yeah, I had it hitting him okay because um, I certainly can't change that from 100 feet away I mean you know based on a sound I'm not going to do that I'd have the guy in the third base coach's box all over me for doing that like how are you going to change that I said we, we have to go with what you have and if you have it hitting him that's what it is so point him you know repoint him to first base so he did this guy all goes crazy. He's coming. How can that be? And he's yelling at me, you know, you build him out, this and that. And finally said, hey, you know, you didn't have any better angle than anybody else. He's right on top of the plate. If he hasn't hit him, he hasn't hit him. He's back in the dugout. He's talking really loudly. So the people are like, that's terrible, this and that, whatever, you know. He keeps saying stuff. So finally I call time, you know, from C position and say, hey, that's enough of that. This is your warning. I don't want to hear anything else. And of course, this guy has to be one of those guys that's got to mock you when you give a warning. Okay, thank you. I have a warning. That's what he says. And so then I immediately ejected him because you're not going to sit there and mock me on the warning. I don't know what he thought he was going to do. So we had to wait for him to leave. So, you know, maybe not the most exciting ejection, but that's that's what it was. I talked to my younger partner about this after the game. You know, because there are times, I mean, I guess the lesson learned here uh, for him in particular is, um, and for anybody else out there that's newer to this stuff, there are times where it's good to ask your partner for help. And there are times where it makes you look good when you do it. But there are also times, like this one, when it doesn't do you any good. There's no way I'm going to change that call. I told him what you needed to do when he started saying stuff was a couple of them said, hey, coach, hit him right here, you know, like, if it's on the wrist, if it's on his, you know, forearm, I don't know. You point, this is where it hit him. That's what we got. We're done. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not going to ask him. Because, I, you know, coaches always ask you to go. You know, it was a close play at first, and they're asking the home plate umpire, you know, hey, you know, can, can you get help on that? Or they're asking, it's like, what are you talking about? I mean, you're straight line. The guy's 120 feet away. You're asking for help. I mean, this is ridiculous. So they ask ridiculous things. You don't go for help on those. There are certain times you you have the best view of the call. It's your call. You stick with it. That's what it is. Now, if it's you know if it's a pull foot swipe tag, uh, something you think you might have missed, yeah, that's all legit. Do that. Get the call right. But you can't you know you can't appease him by going out there. So by him going out there, it just there's no way I'm going to change that. If you know your partner is not going to change it, you don't do that. And you have to protect your partner. A little bit, or partners if you're working with multiple ones. Same type of thing happened uh, last weekend. We had a, it was like an 18U type game, you know, pretty competitive game with some solid players. And uh, bottom of the seventh inning, this team's down by run. 
Kid leaves off with a single. They have a lefty on the mound. And um, they're trying to get a pinch runner, and they kind of, you know, got to use the last guy on the bench. They're trying to use a guy that was already in. So there's a little bit of like, oh, who's going to be the pinch runner? So this kid gets in there. And, of course, you know, being smart, this lefty decides, you know, he's going to throw over there. And this kid's way off. He picks him off by, like, two or three feet. I mean, he was out by a lot. It was no question that he's out. Of course, they're yelling balk, right? Because, you know, anytime a lefty picks somebody off, they think it's a balk. This guy had a good move, kind of held it up, threw it there. And, of course, if you know your two-man, which I hope all you guys do, you know that's the home plate umpire's call. Did, did he, you know, come past that 45-foot line basically toward the plate? Do you have him stepping toward the plate? You know, then it would be a balk. It's not some, you know, your partner in B. And, you know, you might have an idea there when you're in B. You can kind of see, but it's not your call, all right? Obviously, when we have men and we got somebody right there at first base and, and the it's coming right at them, then, you know, that's their call. But here, with two man, it's my call. So he gets picked off. It, one, it's really stupid to get picked off when you're down by a run in the bottom of the seventh. I mean, what are you doing? But whatever. That's besides the point, I guess. I mean, you should have some better coaching and, and base running. He's this coach starts coming across the field. I'm like, time. I'm he's like I'm like, hey, uh, you know, Jason, where are you going? I'm going to talk to him. Who are you talking to? I'm going to talk to him about that about the buck. I'm like, no, no, wait, wait, just a second. That's not his call. That's my call. I'm stopped him right there. I'm not going to let him go over there and talk to him because one, it looks dumb. Okay, he goes over there, and my partner would be like, well, that's not my call. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he goes and talks to me. Hey, Kevin, do you have a Nope, I didn't have a buck on that. Okay, and it just looks like a clown show or something out there. So I'm stopping him right now, protecting my partner because it's not his call. He doesn't have to answer a question on this because he has nothing to do with it. He's just calling the out over there. And I told him, hey, I did not have a buck. He stepped, you know, directly at the 45-foot line. That's what I had. It looked like a good move to me. And he's like, okay. And he went back to his spot. All right. We had some issues earlier, so he had already gotten a warning, so he wasn't going to push it, I don't think. But you have to do that stuff. I mean, if it's uh, – you got to protect your partner sometime out there. He doesn't need to be answering questions that are your calls, right? And this is something that my young partner had to kind of learn too, that, you know, he's got to protect his future partners. He's got to step up and say – that's my call, and this is what it is, and I'm not hearing anything else about that. We're done, okay? That's what it is. And also, you know, when it's a hit by pitch or a foul ball, you think it is, you're technically arguing balls and strikes. So, you know, enough of that. We're not doing that. I mean, you can give a ball strike warning if you really wanted to, all right? So you got to step up and, and be in control of a situation and um, make sure that, you protect your partner. That's kind of the moral of the story. So there's a couple things that um, happened this um, past couple weeks here. I've worked with a couple young guys. I like doing that, um, especially in these these tournaments. Some guys that are like in their 20s or I one guy is 19. He, you know, he's going to be working some high school ball, some varsity and stuff. Wasn't going to do it this year before the pandemic kind of got rid of everything. But, um, you know, he, he's got some skills and in I think he's going to be a really good umpire, but he real nice guy, but he's got to, um, you know, that game management stuff is, is very important. Um, he's got to work on those things too and be able to issue a warning when he need to, um, 
tell a coach that, you know, that's enough of that stuff. You know, those things you got to do, especially in the, in this travel ball stuff, these guys get ridiculous. They all think that they're Earl Weaver or something and they're going to tell you what's what or whatever. So you got to, you know, you got to put the guys in their place. I mean, there's no other way around it. And, you know, that's what it is. You got to tell them what's going on. This is what is acceptable. And this other stuff is not. And if they can't follow that, then you got to get rid of them, dump them, you know? So that's uh, the deal there. You know, some newer umpires, you know, they, they have um, trouble. One of my younger guys has a little trouble with reading when it's first and third or a runner on first, you know, and, and you're a home plate guy and you got to cover, you got to cover third base. And realizing when, you know, like a ball is hit to the fence or, or it, there's a point where it gets by the outfielders and there's not going to be a play at third base. And you have to yell to your partner that I'm staying home or I'm going home, you know, so they know they got everything out there. And, you know, uh, we talked about that a little bit. And I, I said it was an instinct thing, of course. And it's also just, you know, more ball games that you umpire, the more you know what's going to happen, you know, based on the level, based on the, the outfielder's arms, what they can do. So we talked about that. It's kind of an interesting uh, concept that I don't always think about, Um but when you work with newer guys, you know, sometimes those are some issues that they haven't worked through yet. Um, also, like, just working the V, you know, and, um, like, we had, like, a pop, or not a pop, but like, a fly ball to, like, left center, which was his call. He was in C, and, and he's, like, staring at the guy to make sure he touches first, and he's not looking at the ball. I mean, it was a fairly routine play, but he should be looking at the ball. And I, I'm telling him, I'm like, hey, I'm going to have your touch over there, and I, I usually will yell that at someone. I've got your touch. But I said, you know, base touches in two-man are, like, the last thing on the priority list. You, you kind of turn your head, you look, you see what you can do, you know, I did not see him not touch the bases in your explanation if somebody asked you about it, you know. Um, but you got to see catch, no catch, fair foul. I mean, those are way up there. We got to make sure a kid makes a catch, you know. 99% of the time they do touch the base. Um, so we don't really have to worry about that too much. We, we try to get a look at it, but if all things are, are going on, there, you know, it's kind of getting to be a crazy situation, make sure the kid catches the ball, make sure it's fair foul. And then worry about a guy touching a base. So we talked about that a little bit with him as well. And, uh, you know, he, he made some good improvements on that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, just interesting stuff for, for some of the younger guys um, that you don't really think about too much when, when you're working a bunch of games. Or you're working with um, more veteran guys that, you know, that's not really an issue. So... You know, just some interesting stuff that um, I hope you guys take a little bit from. Um, please let me know what you guys have been encountering uh, lately as far as how people are handling the pandemic and other social distancing measures and whatever else they might be doing and what's been happening in your ball games um, that uh, is of interest that uh, we could have shared with everybody out there and uh, maybe learn a few things from. So like I mentioned... I've been working with some younger umpires the last couple of weeks in the assigning that I do for this um, you know, travel league that uh, they play like a little scheduled you know, during the week when they're not doing their tournaments. Uh, I try to schedule myself with um, some newer umpires or guys I haven't worked with or some of the younger guys to see how they're doing and, and try to 
help point a few things out to them. Um, I, I certainly suggest this to any of you veteran guys out there. And I'm going to share some of the things that I've noticed. And if you are working with some younger guys, um, maybe they might be similar things. And, and you can help point those out too. Or if you're newer to umpiring, these are some things that I've noticed that uh, maybe you could take something away from as well and help improve your your umpiring craft. Okay? So, um, uniforms. Um, uniforms and equipment everything, it's expensive. I, I understand. Uh, but you have to put a little bit of time and money into um, getting good equipment and good uniforms. Uh, pants. If you... Well, I'm talking baseball here. Charcoal gray, guys. No more Heather gray. I know you can buy that. Leave that for the softball, guys. That's what you do. Shirts. I know there's all kinds of different color shirts. You really just need, like, black and navy. And you can get some of the lighter blues. You know, whatever people in your area use. That's pretty much the deal. I know they have cream shirts and red shirts and all this. I don't know. I don't go for that. I, you know, and I know people tell me that, uh, you know, the dark colors are so much hotter. I don't always buy that either. Okay. Maybe it's one degree hotter. I don't think it makes that big a difference when it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> Two weeks ago, it was like 93 here in Michigan. I know some of you probably think it doesn't get that hot, but it can get really hot here and humid as well. And, um, you know, I didn't really have my stamina built up, man. I was getting dizzy a couple times out there, but it certainly can get hot. I don't care what shirt I was wearing. I was going to be super hot. So uniforms are important. I see some of these younger guys. Um, you, you, have to, you have to get a hat, an umpire cap, that works with your mask. All right. Now, I know you, some guys might use the bucket, so I guess it doesn't necessarily apply to you. But if you're using a regular style mask, you need to have your hat on. And be able to pull it up over, you know, out from the bill without your hat falling off. So get a hat. I mean, if you want to use a four-stitch hat, that's fine. Six-stitch, eight-stitch, whatever works for you. Practice it so you can do that. You can't have your hat backwards. <laughs> I get some of these, uh, you know, my teenage umpires and some of my guys in the 20s sometimes. But particularly my high school guys. that are, They might be working like 10U or 9U or whatever, 11U, stuff like that. And they put their hat on backwards. And I know people don't think that's a big deal, but we know it doesn't look good. It's not good. You got to work on that. And you know, you got to get black hats. You got to get blue hats sometimes. You know, in case you know, you're wearing different colors with different guys. So I noticed that stuff as well. Other little things I'm noticing: um, how people get you the baseballs. All right, do not let them throw the baseballs at you. You're not a catcher. Okay. Um, you know, if they toss it from like a couple feet away, that's okay. But the best thing is to try to get people to hand you the baseballs. One of the big things is just safety, man. I mean, you know, a baseball is hard and sometimes it hits your fingers the wrong way. If it hits the end of your fingers, you're going to have a sore finger. You could even break a finger. I mean, I haven't really heard of anybody doing that, but it's certainly possible. I know sometimes I've done that like, and you know, got a little like kind of blood blister or something on there. So I stopped doing that. I don't like people throwing the ball to me and make sure they give you the balls at the proper time. Um, I was working a 13U game with uh, a younger umpire and this kid, you know, got the ball and wants to stop the game. It's like a 2-1 count in the middle. It's like, like I, I finally had to say, oh, hey, 
Hold on to the ball, okay? Just wait till you come up to the plate. I'm out in the field, you know? <laughs> this kid wants to give it to him, and this umpire was going to take it. I was like, I had to tell him afterward. No, dude. You know, make them wait. You can get the ball later. If you have no baseballs left or something, you really need that. That's one thing. But uh, you don't get a baseball in the middle of an at-bat or something like that. Other things I see the younger umpires do. Um, you need to get on these on-deck guys to get a baseball that hits the backstop. You don't need a ball back there, especially... You know, I'm not talking like a live ball that's a wild pitch. I'm talking like foul ball that goes back there or nobody's on base and the ball goes back there and you just gave another ball for, for the pitcher to use. They need to go get that baseball and hold on to it. All right? Um, what else we got? We got... Um, where to take fly balls uh, when nobody on base when you're the plate umpire. And, you know, we get too many guys, especially some older guys, I see this too, they will be standing behind the plate when, there's, you know, there's a fly ball to, you know, left center or to center fielder or to right center. It's your ball or, or down, you know, wherever it might be. And they are not getting out behind the plate. You should be, I'd say, at least halfway to the mound toward the ball so you can get a view on every single one of those. And um, that's what you're supposed to do, all right? Sometimes we get to guys drifting too far over, uh, another thing here, drifting too far over toward third base on a ground ball. They don't come up the line to look for the pulled foot, swipe tag um, at first base to help their partner out. And ground balls, that's where they should be, looking there. So, you know, talking to some guys about that as well. Also, you get people that... Um, to me, if it's 13U on up, especially when you have two umpires, you don't let somebody go on the opposite side of their bench when they're on deck, or particularly when pitchers are warming up, okay, at any time. So if your bench is the first base side, you stay there the whole time. If it's the third base side, you stay there. You don't go on the other side, okay, because you're the opposite side hitter or whatever the heck your reason is. And um, when guys are warming up, like pitchers warming up between innings, and this right-handed batter likes to go from the first base side over to the other side, no. I mean, one, it's in the rule book. You're not supposed to do that. And um, also, it's just not good, man. It's kind of kind of a Bush League thing kind of do. So you got to put guys to, hey, you got to stay in your batter's box. Or not your batter's box, my bad. Um, you got to stay in your on-deck circle, okay? And tell guys to do that. And also remember... Um, while play's going on, there's only one guy on deck, so you can't have all these guys out of the dugout over there swinging and everything. All right, so I see some guys doing that. Uh, general decisiveness uh, when doing a plate meeting. This is an issue too. You know, this is uh, coaches get a, a real sense of if you're in control or not when you're doing your plate meeting. Um, if you have to flip, you flip right away so you know who's home team. If you're taking the lineups, you take the home team lineup first, check that over, get the visitor lineup, check it over, make sure it's all proper and everything, and ask any questions if you need to. Then you start your ground rules. Ground rules start at the backstop, and you go around clockwise, all right, and cover anything you need to going around the, the diamond, and do it as quickly as possible. If they play on the field, if you're doing like a you know four games in a tournament and they've all played there, you don't have to go over everything again. You could just ask if they have any questions, all right? We're not trying to waste people's time, all right? But you have to do that decisively and, um, you know, 
with a little, uh, I'm not really going to say urgency, but with a little um, quickness to it, right? I mean, you're, you're getting through it. You know what it is. This is what we got. There you go. We're ready to go. Good luck, okay? So I see younger umpires having some issues with that. So there is a proper protocol to your plate meeting to make sure you do that and look that stuff up if you are unsure about it. And help guys out with, with plate meetings and stuff too if you're a veteran guy. Another thing, tag-up responsibilities and taking tag-ups and um, basically doing you know an extended foul line. So I had... Um, both of the younger umpires I've worked with recently, at least or two or three of them. Okay, let's say you got a guy on third base in lesson two, and there's a fly ball down the first baseline that's, you know, 10 feet or so into foul territory. It's going to be foul, okay? It looks like it anyway. So you don't have to be right on the line. You have two responsibilities as a plate umpire there. You have the, the runner tagging up from third and, and whether or not he leaves early or not and of course you do have fair foul of course um, I guess you got three things but you know you're pretty sure it's going to stay foul it looks like it's pretty obvious it's going to so then you've got catch no catch so you got to see both of those an umpire that kind of moved up the first baseline he's probably about five feet up the first baseline in foul territory um, looking at the catch no catch and of course the ball went foul so nobody caught it but I talked to him after it I'm like you know you do have that tag up as well so it's going to be really hard to like just kind of look over your left shoulder and line that up and everything you need to like move back toward the backstop get a wider angle so you can see the guy in third and you can you know get that catch no catch kind of in front of you yeah i mean it's it's going to be angle over distance that's what two man is and so you can see both of those things if it was right down the line you do that as well you could have your fair foul catch no catch and also have a good view of the um, guy on third base and whether or not he left early on the tag up. So there you just be first baseline extended straight back and get that angle. Same type of thing uh, when you have your responsibilities for pull foot swipe tag and you got a guy on third coming home and you got to make sure you see him touch the plate. You just kind of drop back. You can see the plate. You can see it on first. You maybe have to kind of adjust your angle a little bit. But uh, you you got to get everything that you're responsible for in your line of sight so you, that you can see it at the proper time. And some younger guys, you know, um, they don't always realize this or nobody talked to them about it. So um, you have to tell them those things, right? So I noticed that with um, with uh, most of the younger umpires, just those kind of um, nuances of of making sure that you see everything that you're responsible for on a play and getting the best angle that you can and, and working for that and then adjusting. So all those things are certainly important and uh, things that uh, less experienced umpires need to keep in mind. But probably still, I'll come back to it again, the most important thing is game management and dealing with the people on the field and um, having a certain protocol for how things should be conducted on the field. And one of those things that I kind of had demonstrated, I guess, uh, this past weekend it was, was um, dealing with assistant coaches. I mean, we really only need to be talking to the head coaches. Um, you know, you can answer reasonable questions from assistants or players or whoever, uh, but a questioning a call is not a reasonable thing to be asking about all right um so 
here's an example, and this happened in front of my younger umpire. All right, first inning of a game, kid gets picked off. They're getting a rundown. Throwing it back and forth, back and forth, you know, not a very well done rundown, but they're going it, going at it, tossing it. Uh, first baseman th- throws it, doesn't get out of the way. Kid's going back, runs into the first baseman. We have obstruction. All right, kill it. Time, obstruction. You, second base, guy gets second base. Top of the first inning. Coach for the team that, uh, you know, the obstruction went against. Comes out. He's like, I'm not real sure on this. You know, maybe I'm confusing it with some softball rule. Doesn't he get the base that he was just going back into? That he was going back in the first. I'm like, no. Uh, the penalty is, you know, he gets the next base. Because, you know, 100. I didn't say this, but I said, if that were the case, then they would always obstruct because he would only get the base he was going back to. There would be no penalty. And this is the reason. I mean, it's like 100-plus years ago, somebody figured this out. If, if you did that, they would get in their way every time. Coaches would teach it, okay, because, well, he's not going to get anything else, right? So he seemed satisfied with that. He came out and asked me. Moving along, about the fourth inning, I'm talking to my young partner in, you know, between the first and uh, uh, home plate and first base, you know. And I don't usually talk to partners very much, especially if it's a veteran guy at all. I might not talk to him the whole game unless something is really needed. But with the younger guys, I go in there and talk to him and mention something to him that's come up in the game. So I'm sitting there talking to him. This assistant coach comes over and says, can I ask you a question? Which you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, what do you got? Hey, um, you know, we had that play last inning with uh, our number nine in our team. Uh, second base there. Why wasn't that obstruction? Now, honestly, first, I don't know what play this guy's talking about. So I realized, what play are you talking about? I don't know what you're referring to. Well, the play at second base, you know. Um, why, you know, if, if why wouldn't that be obstruction? If, you know, just like that play in the first inning. Okay, now you got me going here. One, um, we're not talking about a play that happened four innings ago. If somebody wants to talk about it, like the coach did, you come out then and we're done. All right? We're not rehashing things. Okay? And two, this guy's an assistant coach and he's questioning that play. Okay? So now you got me going. All right? Because these are big no-nos in my book. And most you know, the way I've been taught as well. So I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And two, are you the head coach? Well, no. Then why are you even asking me about this? He's like, oh, well, oh, sorry about that. You know, he's like, uh, you know, thank you very much. Okay, well, all right, uh, no problem. Thank you, you know, very sarcastically. And he, like, walks back to the dugout. Well, warm-up pitches are done. I'm going back to my spot in A by first base. They're in the first base dugout, of course. And this guy's, like, staring at me, you know, like trying to stare daggers at me, you know, whatever the heck, out of the dugout. So I'm not appreciating because, one, I'm already a little irritated this guy's asking. So I say to him, hey, one, you can stop staring at me. And two, Chad, the head coach, um, I don't need your assistant coaches asking me questions about plays that happened four innings ago. Now, Chad didn't really like this. Throws down his clipboard and starts saying, I wasn't talking to you. This And I'm like, hey, you're not going to be coming out here yelling at me. You know, we need to stop that right now. I gave him the little stop sign. He went back in the dugout, even though we act pretty foolish, all right? But it's like, you know, you're not going to put up with that stuff. You don't need all these people asking questions about it. I don't know what this guy was talking about. And if there was something, 
it, it easily could have been there was some kind of contact behind me when I was in B or C at some point. And, you know, you don't have eyes in the back of your head. And, and that's something that your home plate guy um, in two man needs to see. And if he sees it, he can, he can call that. Um, but I suspect that there wasn't really a whole lot there. It was kind of an incidental thing, but I did not see it. I don't know what he's talking about. And, you know, in two man, you can't see everything. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's times where, you know, you're kind of blind to things because of what your responsibilities are, especially when you're in B or C and, you know, there could be something happening behind you. You get the best look you can, but, you know, you got to be watching the pitcher, looking for a balk and, seeing where the ball's going, so you can't be staring at them, okay? So anyway, um, that's another thing that younger guys need to work on. You deal with the head coaches, um, assistant coaches, you tell them, you know, to coach. That's what they should be doing. And I've mentioned this on the show many times, that uh, that you should not, you know, be dealing with them and, and tell them what's up. You have to sometimes literally put them in their place, your place is in the first base coach's box or in the dugout or talking to your pitcher, not out here talking to me, all right? And, you know, they all think they're the head coach or something, especially these travel guys. So that's another thing that uh, newer guys have to work through that game management stuff as well. Hopefully this is also a little useful segment for some of you um, if you're newer or some things that you can use to help your younger umpires if you're a veteran guy and help them work through. We don't always think about that, but uh, we need to help them along so that they're higher quality umpires. So when we're working with them, we have some good games, game management and some successful games. Well, thank you once again for listening to this episode of the hammer and umpire podcast i hope that you are able to take away a few useful things uh, that might help you if you're a newer umpire uh, or if you're a veteran umpire uh, that's working with some newer umpires yourself like i've been doing lately um i you know i'm gonna do my best to get back on track and try to push out an episode once a week uh no guarantees i guess um uh, but uh, I'll do uh, the best that I can. It's, it's nice now that I've got um, some game situations to talk about and um, some specific umpiring things to talk about with you. I've been waiting for that for a very long time, and it's nice to finally get that. So I think that that can be um, a little you know, change of pace um, based on some things that I've done in the past on the episode, um, a little more timely, I guess, uh, for what's happening. Um, and I, I certainly am going to share with with you what happens in the next week or so and, and try to push out some episodes. Major League Baseball is going to be starting back up, uh, supposedly. Um, they're going to be doing their 60-game season. It'll be interesting to see how that works and and um, how the Major League umpires are doing as well. They're going to have their little spring training here before they get it going here uh, in July. Um, I don't know about minor league umpires. I haven't really heard about that. I know I know some minor league umpires, and, and um, we had Matt Wachowski on the show. Um, hopefully he gets to work some minor league ball this year. I mean, he's working locally and doing what he can to get on the field, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, I'm sure he'd like to actually work some 
minor league ball this year. Hopefully there's some place. I think he was going to be placed in Arizona. Um, but I don't know how that's going to work out for him. Hopefully it will for him and the other minor league umpires out there. And they get to have some kind of season and maybe uh, try to advance a little bit. Um, but otherwise, um, you know, baseball's back, which is good. Uh, it's a little bit different with uh, the pandemic still kind of doing its thing. And uh, hopefully other sports as well will move forward and uh, we'll get back to at least a little bit of normalcy. Nothing's really going to be normal at all here in 2020. Maybe not so much in 2021 either. I've heard there's going to be some budget cuts and all kinds of sports, especially intercollegiate sports, um, which might reduce uh, availability of assignments and other things. Might not really be till 2022 that we're maybe back too close to what we were in 2019. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed on that. We'll see. If you guys have uh, some things going on on the ball field for you, I'd, I'd love to hear what you have. Send me an email. Um, reach me on the Facebook page. Or leave a voice message, 60 seconds or less, uh, through the Anchor app or on the Anchor website uh, for the show you got to like the show first and then you can do that and uh, i'd love to use it on the show and talk about it i've had some guys do that in the past and that that makes for um, a good conversation i think so until next time hopefully you're on the field and you guys can keep calling strikes